Hello and welcome to FD TV. Once again, we are back with another weekly episode of our weekly podcast. I'm your host Ali, and I'm joined with my fellow co-host Javad. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, Ali. Thank you for having us for another weekend, yeah. another episode, and another roundup of what's going on in the world of football. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, so, Champions League upsets to Premier League title race being considered as over. How was this week for football? Uh, well, we're a very, very exciting week this week. We had an amazing thrashing at Camp Nou. We had an amazing upset of Ronaldo's team. Oh. And a lot of things going on in football. Yeah, exactly. So, I want to ask you the debate of Mbappe. I want to ask you about the debate of the next generation of footballers. Mm-hmm. We have seen Ronaldo and Messi comparisons being made ever since both came across each other in 2009. Yeah. What do you think about the next generation of football? Will they be good enough to match the predecessors? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily like to compare them with what's been in the past. Let's measure them at what they have been doing recently. Yeah. So if you look at, I want to specifically talk about Erling Haaland. The guy Crazy. is a pure and pure striker. Monster. And he's got ice turning through his veins. Absolutely. Crazy amount of talent. And I really feel like he has what it takes to take, uh, essentially be the next superstar of football. Yeah. Him alongside with Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah. Him alongside with Mbappe, Holland and Mbappe are going to be the next generation of superstars. We thought it was going to be Neymar, but here, here's the interesting thing about yeah. Neymar. He came along at almost the right time yeah but the difference is him messi and ronaldo are not that far off in terms of their age there's about a six to seven years gap yeah and the crazy thing is typically footballers fall off at the age that ronaldo or messi Messi, yeah that didn't happen so it's a natural phenomenon people at 35 39 34 scoring and keeping up their pace and almost still at the same rate and still with the same ability that they were way back when. So exactly. that was kind of uh, an issue with Neymar. Yeah. But the positives that Haaland and Mbappe have is that they're both very young at the moment. Exactly. And when they hit their prime, not to say they haven't, but when they hit their prime, typically a footballer's prime is right after 25, 26. Yeah. When they get to that point, Messi and Ronaldo will no longer be in football. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. gives them a clear spotlight. Yeah. And yes. all the footballing brands in the world would be focused on these two guys. So yeah. I feel like they are the next generation and kind of showed in this week's Champions League round as well. Oh, absolute. Both Ronaldo's <laughs> Messi's team losing and yeah. Ronaldo specifically, uh, both Ronaldo's Messi's team losing. And the interesting thing was that Haaland and Bappe shined on the big stage. Yeah, right? so there was a good parallel idea right yeah. that happened. So, I want to ask something about the Ronaldo and Messi tie. Yeah. We've discussed Barcelona in the past in the last episode of our weekly podcast. Go yeah. check that out if you have time. Um, we saw the epic failure of Barcelona under the management of Koeman. Uh-huh. He was very fairly confident before the game. He said, I don't see many teams which are stronger or on the level of Barcelona. So, what do you think of, about that statement? How did that well, backfire? Pochettino kind of showed who's at what level. Right? Yeah, exactly. the, the management... The actual team, it was Mbappe's stage to shine and he took it. And I think he predicted right before uh, he did, yeah. that he's going to score a hat-trick, yeah, right? Yeah. And he did, right? He ended up trashing, like running riots at Camp Nou. Things have been unheard of. And to be honest, 
I say unheard of, but it's been kind of the norm for Barcelona in the it last few been. Champions League campaign. Exactly. They have been uh, letting goals in. And hmm. uh, put an image over here, Ali, of Mbappe running past Gerard Pique, <laughs> and you will see what the whole generation yeah. and next generation are having to do. It almost looks like the poster of the movie, Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> so, the next question I want to ask you, uh, we've seen Messi and Ronaldo being at the absolute pinnacle of world football. Yeah. And they have shared 11 Ballon d'Ors between yeah. them. Do you think Mbappe and Haaland can continue that legacy or do you see another winner in between them? So, I, I don't think like there are going to be much uh, room for other footballers to come in. But like I said, the both of them are very young and they're shining at a big stage at a very young age. Who's to say that the next generation of footballers doesn't come right away? There are still some yeah. talented footballers out there who are able to actually really, really take it to the next level. Yeah. Right? And yeah. if they are able to do that, who's to say that there isn't a Luka Modric in there? There isn't a Kaká in course. there? We, we talk about Ronaldo's and Messi's, but don't forget there was also a footballer called Kaká out there who was running riots, winning World Cups and winning Champions League single-handedly for yeah, their teams. Right? He did. So it wasn't always Ronaldo's and Messi. And who's to say, we're well, moving on for it. It doesn't have to be Mbappe and uh, Haaland. It could be a lot of other people as well as that. True. So, what do you think about the whole debate uh, around Pirlo and Juventus? That the Do you think the inexperienced was the reason that Porto absolutely ran them over? Or do you think there was somebody, there's some, somebody, something else that happened? Do you think they, they were like motivation or they were in a bad on the form that caused the upset? So let me ask you one thing. Yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Was he known to be a good footballer before he got the job as the manager? No, he, he was, was awful. He was, dead. Right. he was not good. So yeah. not known as a good footballer, still a great, great manager. Absolutely. Let's talk about a few other. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Not a good footballer, a great manager. Let's talk about other people. Pochettino. Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp. And let's even talk about one of the greatest right now, Pep Guardiola. Though he was part of the big Barcelona team, yeah. he wasn't really the Perlos or, or the uh, Paul Scholes. Or let, let's talk about Frank Lampard who recently got fired. He wasn't known as the symbol of that footballing team yeah. to be uh, considered a great manager. So yeah. this whole idea that if you're a good footballer and you're going to be a good manager is not it. Exactly. Right? There's only one footballer that I can think of who's had success as a manager. Zidane. And also, yeah, exactly. Zidane. Zidane, yeah. But then keep in mind, he's not known as the brains. He's essentially a man manager. Exactly. That's what they call him, right? Yeah. And he's able to manage personalities. And when you have that winning mentality, what we talked about last time as well, yeah. is where the key is. But you got to give Perlo time. But I feel like right now, this Juventus team is in transition. And they expected Perlo to do this yeah. uh, and not have a great of a season. Hmm. I, I feel like this is going to be the first season in a long while that Juventus will end up losing the league title. Yeah. Same thing, uh, they're not going to win the Champions League, spoilers alert. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like Perlo uh, is doing what he was expected to. It was just that we were trained to expect a lot more out of Perlo. With that being said, I would like to add one thing. With a team like Porto, who don't post a superstar squad like Juventus does, you expect to perform in a certain way. It was a Sari-esque performance, if I'm being honest. Yeah. There was no identity in midfield, attack, and honestly, this was probably one of the worst Cristiano Ronaldo performances I've seen in a while in the Champions League knockout game. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. not to discount them they can still come back and ronaldo yeah, is known for that the way goal that kies a god uh, that was pretty special that, yeah that very well alive that can that can happen and they can turn things around uh the next thing i want to ask you we have seen the last generation of footballers from the early 2000s to, to the late 90s and even continuing till the mid decade the, the mid of the last decade uh-huh we have seen kaka gerard lampard pirlo and the list goes on ronaldinho yeah. and on and on right now i can see two standout players uh, uh-huh. you can throw in mbappe haland probably phil foden uh-huh. mason greenwood there are players in there who can develop and have a very high ceiling yeah do you think the next generation of footballers can match the previous generation of footballer in terms of quantity well it's tough to argue against that but yeah. here's the thing we are we as human we tend to latch on to things that we grew up with right yeah you grew up with the charards you grew up with the lampards you grew up with the perlos yeah. you had the canavaros you had the zanettis all those people that you looked up to and you idolized while you were growing up watching them play football yeah right so recently we had the birthday of roberto baggio roberto baggio what a player amazing yeah but here's the thing there is always going to be history littered with great players yeah. the game is getting better there's the game is getting faster the technology the medicine the everything around there are, is actually yeah. at a higher level exactly. so people are actually able to perform better who's to say that uh, the next footballing generation is not going to be as great or even actually better than the last we already see with Mbappe already scoring at such a high rate. Yeah. Let's talk about a great footballer at AC Milan, Donnarumma. The guy's all already got like 2 300 appearances and he's only about 21. Yeah. Right? Sensational there. So, if you talk about once in a generational talents, there's still going to be those people. And yeah. if he stays at AC Milan, you're going to see breaking records of Maldini and then he's going to break a record of Buffon who's he got can. the highest league yeah. appearances right now. I see similarities between him and Buffon's playing style. Yeah. And he can obviously follow the legacy of the Italian legend. Uh next thing I want to move on towards is the Premier League title race. Uh City Before you say anything it's over. Yeah, United were looking like they were going to give a challenge to Man City, but uh-huh. Pep Guardiola has turned on such a switch that his team was, is not reliant on a single point. There's not a single point of failure like if Aguero is absent or Foden is absent or Mahrez is not performing. they still perform as a good team that's the key difference uh, the, between jose mourinho and pep guardiola and other managers that guardiola comes with something that is unpredictable and his team can pull out results like no other so do you think the premier league title race is over you already said it is over but what what is the main reason you think it is over <laughs> so here's the thing uh, their main challengers were liverpool at the start of the season yeah they're gone they lost 2-0 to everton exactly no longer in the title race yeah I'll be surprised if they miss out on Champions League, but it's starting to look like they might even miss out on the top four. Yeah. Right. Next up, oh, we had Manchester United as a surprise uh, contender for the title. Yeah. They're starting to drop off now as well. Yeah. There's only one team which, because of low expectation, can actually get them a run for their money, exactly. and it's a very Leicester. yeah Leicester. Leicester. Leicester City is, I feel like, going to be the team which gives them the closest run. Yeah. But I still feel like uh, Manchester City is going to blow everyone out of the water. It's just the way it, it's been for the yeah. Premier League. Liverpool had a tremendous season. Everything just fell into place. Exactly. They had to break that curse, and they did. But uh, now you look at their forwards, who are looking deadly. Yeah. Uh, no longer so. Right. So, one more thing I would like to ask you: the Premier League started off in a weird fashion this season. 
Aston Villa scored seven goals past Liverpool. Uh, mm-hmm. City considered five against Leicester, uh-huh. and a lot of things were happening that nobody expected. Yeah. Right now, if City ran away with it, do you think they are deserving winners, or do you think it is because of the poor form or the fell out of other teams? Well, here here's one thing that I want to ask you, Ali, in return of this question. Yeah. Everyone's going through the same things. Everyone's having to play multiple games in a week. Yeah. Everyone is having to face COVID-19. Yeah. Everyone's having to face players going in and out. Yeah. Now, if you see that someone is able to survive all of that, yeah. have a bigger squad depth mm. and actually rise above it yeah. and win most of their games, mm. don't you think they deserve to win the title? They do, but I'm just talking about... Uh, like in the past, we had teams uh-huh. like City and United uh-huh. were very close. They lost the title to Man City when that Aguero moment happened and yeah. they were differentiated by the goal difference. Yeah. Then we had very close run-ins with Liverpool, Chelsea. Chelsea, Jose Mourinho won it in 2015, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it was very close. Liverpool lost three games at the end yeah. when the Luis, Luis Suarez incident happened. Uh-huh. So, I'm talking in that sense. Do you think... So, it's never going to be as close as that. Those are some one-off seasons which are in the history of football. Yeah. But not every season is as close. Mm-hmm. You think back to the Arsenal's uh, Invincibles. Yeah. No one was close to them at that point. And exactly. look where they are right now. Yeah. So football is always going to be up and down. And it's very rare that you see those one-off competitive seasons like we're seeing in Serie A right now. Yeah. Right? Everywhere everywhere yeah. else, the title reign is pretty much over. Yeah. Right? You say pretty much over, but you're able to predict who's going to win. You know Munich is going to take the German title, you know City is going to take the English title and PSG. you know Atleti is going to take the Spanish title. Yeah. Now, the only unpredictability is left with the Italian league. You don't know who's going to win. Right? Exactly. And that's where the thing comes in. Whereas the Italian league wasn't like that. If you looked at the table any time in the past nine years, you would have been able to tell that it's Juventus to win. To win. Yeah. Right? So, True. things go up and down. And that's mm. what I feel like City has been so consistent. Yeah. And they don't feel like stopping because they're also bringing in young talents in there to replace the old ones. How long have they been without Suarez this season? And they still have managed to get Aguero them going. for that. Okay. How long have they been without Aguero this season? Almost the entire still, season. And still been able to perform. It's crazy. That's right? cool. That's the things that matter. Liverpool, they lost out Van Dijk and it, it was pretty much over from there on. It's unfortunate, but their defenses uh, started leaking everything and all of a sudden, when their defense is not playing at the high level, the attack is not able to match the output that they were giving before. Did you know yeah. that Liverpool has not scored the Prague three, have not scored in open play since November? Yeah, no, I just shot, uh, saw that stat. That was shocking, by the way. Like yeah. the best front three in world football, not able to score a goal since November. Crazy stat. So I would like you. I, I would like to ask you. I would like to combine the previous question with this one. I want to ask you if Borussia Dortmund failed to qualify for Europe uh-huh. and they have to make use, they are financially not in a very stable position at the moment. Uh-huh. I was reading some reports from German newspapers and they need to sell some superstars. If they fail to qualify for the Champions League next season and with Aguero running out of contract next summer uh-huh. and Guardiola is looking like he's, he's going to sell him. Because you cannot rely on such an unpredictable, injury-prone, 33-year-old forward anymore. Aging forward. Things change. Yeah. That's inevitable. What's the potential destination for Erling Haaland? Mm-hmm. And is it City? If not, what do you think? 
so I feel like it's most probably going to be either Barcelona or Real Madrid. <laughs> I don't think City is in really in need of Haaland. Though any team can make do with Haaland. If you have Haaland, you'll, you'll make room for him. But with Aguero going out and they have he, uh, Gabriel Jesus, right? He's not a superstar. He has, in 11 appearances this season, he has six goal contributions. That's not a good record. That's and absolutely not. You cannot lead an attack like City with that record. Yeah. And I don't think Guardiola trusts him that much. Why do you think there is no need of Haaland there? So, I, there, I'm not saying that there's no need of Haaland. What I'm saying is, at, at the current moment, with yeah. Benzema being aging, a superstar, he's about to leave, right? He's going to be leaving soon. And yeah. with Barcelona not having an identity up front, with exactly. Antoine Griezmann not being able to perform at the levels that he was, I feel like because the Spanish football is being left behind on the world stage, the need to make a big splashy move like Haaland, mm -hmm. like Bappe, bring someone at that stature in mm -hmm. to really announce themselves back on the world football stage. Right. Right? That's the reason I feel like Haaland would be moving there. And plus, let, let's call it as it is, Premier League, though it's an exciting league, no one is paying as much as both Barcelona or Real Madrid to their superstars. And exactly. when you talk about money, I feel like Haaland is not one of those players who's going to be chasing money. But I mean, Mino Menorola is agent and he's already demanding a 78 million contract for his superstar. So, yeah, so that's a big difference, I think. And I feel like if Borussia fail to qualify for the Champions League, no way they keep a hold of Jordan Sancho or Haaland for that matter. Uh, Jadon Sancho has already desired to play in the Premier League once again yeah. and I'm pretty sure he won't go to back to Man City. So, you said Barcelona are one of the contenders for Haaland in the uh -huh. near future. But we talked about it, we talked about the debt at Barcelona, 550 odd millions. And how do, you, how do you think they can make way for a purchase of such a huge magnitude? And let me add you this, let me add this to the conversation. Haaland's uh, contract runs out next summer. And he has a release clause of 64 million. Mm -hmm. If they sell him now, they will get money. Mm -hmm. If they don't, he goes cheaper. How do you think Barcelona fits in this equation? So I, I feel like Messi is not not, not going to be staying at Barcelona. So that gives you enough room to bring someone else in. You don't have to pay those huge salaries, right? Okay. Which, uh, though being a negative point for Barcelona losing Messi, I feel like is inevitable at this point that Messi is no longer going to be in the famous red and blue of Barcelona. No, he's not. Right, so I, I, there has to be some sort of replacement for him and who better than Haaland. That's the reason I go for them, though I don't want Haaland to be going to Barcelona. It doesn't really make sense Mean for that, me, yeah. right? True. I'd much rather have him go to uh, a different team. I'd much rather have him go to an up-and-coming team right now 